job they I, I'm amazed and I don't know when they worked on this because I know they weren't singing this past week they, five minutes ago okay <laughs> no they did, did a great job we had a had a wonderful time took the junior and senior to Disney World this past week I uh, had a great time with them don't ever want to go back um, but it, it, uh, it, it was, we really did had a great time but it boy I'm telling you it'll wear your body out uh, all the things that they have to do there, all the things they have to see, and uh, we had we but we we had an incredible blessing. I think it was a blessing for the young people too. You know, you go to Disney World and and places like that, uh, they're all like this. It's all about money, 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 money. You know, and everything. We probably had uh, I think four or five different situations where we would go to buy something, and they would say, "It's it's okay." It's free for you at Disney World. And, and I'll be honest with you, we had prayed. You know, the money, to, money was limited. Resources were limited. We were on an incredibly tight budget. But just the, I mean, the very first day, went up to get a bottle of water. And uh, uh, just talked to the girl for a second there, and uh, she handed me a bottle of water, and she said, you don't need to pay for it. it a bottle of water is three bucks at the park. And I thought, you're kidding then we um, went to, let's say, uh, in, one, in the dining area of the hotel, which everything is astronomical there, and we um, uh, came out, and I had, a, I, I had my coffee, which is an energy drink, 
and, uh, and we're going to get Joe Beth a cup of coffee. And I was in line, and the fellow called me forward and said, come here, you just, you're trying to get a cup of coffee with that? And I said, yeah. And he said, he had me reached under the thing and got a cup and handed it to me. And he said, uh, go ahead, no need to pay for it. You just go ahead. He said, I don't want you to have to wait. You go ahead. And it was just amazing. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other things that happened, but it was, it was just, it was really amazing. And then one time we, we were going to go into uh, one of the little shows late it was a, it, that they have, and that's kind of our favorites. And we, and we ran and ran and ran and got there, and it was like one minute till, but they were completely jam-packed full. They weren't letting anybody else in. And so walked up, and a guy looked, and he, he said, man, he said, I can't do it. Fire marshal won't let me. Can't do it. And I said, I understand. It said, um, all, you, all you can do is what you can do. And so we, uh, we stood there, and we were kind of looking around, and, and, and three or four, five, six more people came up, and, and he turned them away. And, and honestly, most of them got a little bit upset, you know, because they, they had fast passes and all these things to go in and turn them away. And we stood there, and he called over his manager, and he said, um, he said, these people are really nice. I'd really like to do something for them. And she looked at him and whispered something, and he came, he said, follow me, and he took us around the back entrance and took us in to see the show. And so uh, it was just amazing what God, God did, just, you know, for something as, as minor as that, but just a blessing that, you know, it, it's two things. One, God will take care of you. Two, it just pays to be nice to people. It really does, and people are really good to us all the way through there. We had a, had a great time, and, and, uh, and so, uh, and I don't want to forget, Kelly, amen. I can't believe she's back, amen. She made it back. She's had, she's had surgery. Some of the people don't even know. Raise your hand, Kelly, back there. All right, she's had surgery on her foot, wasn't able to get up at all hardly last week, and, and probably shouldn't be up today, but uh, she's up and came to church, amen. Uh, I think people say about people like Kelly, when she got saved here a couple months ago, I think it was, uh, when she got it, I think she got it, amen, and uh, she just, she wants to be in church. All right, talking about family tonight, talking about relationship tonight, talking about the family, it's, it's really specifically the married couple, but it's also the family as a whole, and we're just going to use a couple of verses, if you're going to go to Proverbs chapter 24, Proverbs chapter 24. Look at uh, verse 3. Look at Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. And while you get to that, I'll just have a word of prayer to get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit, I pray you guide my mind. Thank you for strength. Thank you for clarity of mind uh, that you've given already today. Lord, I pray that you'd work through me and through us tonight, Lord, that uh, somebody might be helping. This very simplistic uh, truth, but it's a very important truth, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us, and Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. I ask you to guide my mind in everything that I say and do, please, in Jesus' name, amen. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, it says, through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. If you, we're not going to go into verse four, but it's, but knowledge, it says that the chambers, the rooms of this home be filled with precious, uh, precious and pleasant riches. And that, and if you look at the terminology and do word study on this, you'll find out this is not talking about gold and silver. Probably it's talking about 
the, the spouse and the children is what it's really talking about, and your precious and pleasant riches that are in the home. Um, but that's not really the, the message here tonight. The message has come out of one verse, out of verse 3. For, uh, honestly, when I first became a Christian and first got married, uh, I had a dream of having a home and a family that would, that would serve God, especially as we began to grow. And, and, and really intensely, when I went to Bible college, I just thought, uh, I want to have a family that, that uh, I want children that don't have to, to carry the scars that I carry. I want, I want my children to enter into the marriage relationship and not have to, to, to have the, 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 so many of the bad days, the rough days that we had, uh, honestly. And we had a great, comparatively, a great marriage from the beginning. But, but truthfully, it was a lot of things that just didn't have to be. Uh, a lot of things that uh, conflicts had never had to be, and so uh, I looked at this verse, and 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 it was one of these verses that I just I, I, it seemed so very simplistic, and, and I began to beg God for what it says. It said wisdom. Through wisdom is a house building. In my mind, I just thought that's what I want. I want to build the house, a home, uh, a family. I want to build it on wisdom, and I know I got to have the wisdom of God, and I began. Uh, to read through the book of Proverbs, uh, I went through about a six-year period of time where I, I, every week I would read through the, the book of Proverbs. Uh, I, along with that, during that same tip, a period of time, that six-year period of time, I read through the Bible two and a half times, uh, basically uh, through a year. I would read through it about two and a half times. In addition to that, I would read the book of Proverbs through every week because I'd heard that uh, so many people would talk about my preacher at the time, Brother House, and they would say that this man was a man of wisdom. And when you would ask him where he got his wisdom, he said that he read through the book of Proverbs every week for 40 years. Uh, you know, he, that he read through that book of Proverbs. That was what he, and so when I heard that and when I began to realize that and began to comprehend really what he was saying, that that's not just something, a statement, I thought, Lord, I'm never going to read through it for 40 years. I, I, you know, I know me, but, but, but I, I started a procedure where for about two, two and a half, no, I mean, for about six years, I would read through the Bible two and a half times and I would, and I would uh, read through the book of Proverbs uh, every week. And so I would want so much to get this wisdom because I wanted to build my house. I wanted to build the house of my marriage, the house of my, my family, the house of my, my children. I, you know, it was all, it, this applies to all that. The truth is, this verse applies to the church. Uh, this verse applies directly to the church, and, and, and it is my prayer even today. Through wisdom is a house building. But when you start to study this out and start to come to the realization, I prayed and prayed and prayed, God give me wisdom, God give me wisdom, God give me wisdom. And God will give you wisdom, but what you find out is that, is that the key in this verse is the word builded. Through wisdom, <clears throat> excuse me, through wisdom is a house builded. When you, uh, you look at that word builded, the word builded is, found, is a foundational term. That word build it means that you, you lay the right foundation to build this. You know, if the foundation here of this building it was not right, it, the, the building probably still wouldn't be up. And so it would crumble uh, because the foundation is right. But this term goes deeper than that. It talks about 
foundation as in the right foundation physically of it, but also the right materials that you purchase. If you don't, if you put lay a good concrete foundation here, but then and good footers and everything here, then you have, uh, but you buy cheap materials and cheap windows and cheap structure, then it's still, the, you're going to struggle with the, the, the upkeep of this place. And if you don't have, um, I forget who I was with, drove up, they said, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize you had a, a, a metal roof up there. And I, and I said, yeah, I noticed that first thing because that means you don't have to reshingle. Amen. Uh, you know, so I love seeing those because they last a long time. And so, uh, uh, but you know, the, this building is gathering all the right materials, gathering all the right things to build the house properly. Wisdom means uh, the right plans. Wisdom means if you're going to build this home, you build this family, build this marriage, build this church, you got to have the right plans. Right. Amen. You got to have the right plans. I think my dad was telling me there's a house over by where he used to live. There's a massive house behind him. And I think if I remember right, you told me that you know, I looked at that house and it was big. And he, you said something like, it's bigger than they thought it was going to be. And because when they ordered the plans for the house, they ordered the wrong plans and the builders had the wrong. And so the house is like a, a third then uh, bigger than it was supposed to be because they just ordered the right design. They didn't bother to look at the dimensions. And so, you know, the builders got it, and he's building this massive house, and they think they're getting a house about two-thirds the size, but that's not what happened, and it's not what they paid for either. And so they didn't have the right plans, but you've got to have the right plans, and the right plans, let me just help you, the right plans right here in this old Bible. And, and I'll help you again. I don't have time to go into it. And just to make the statement, some people misunderstand it, but the King James Bible is the only one that we should go to. And it changed from that. And honestly, that's what you got. You have a change. You got something different. And you got, a, you got something that's going to be... Look, if you're going to build... You had the plans here, and they left out some vital information out of the plans for this building. This building would not be right. And when they leave out verses of the Bible, you left out something vital to the plans. And so you got to have the right plans. You got to have the right contractor. Amen? That's Jesus Christ. He needs to be the head of this whole thing. He needs to be the overseeing it. you got to have the right supervisor. That would be the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit's got to be working through and making this all right. Wisdom uses the right materials, the right truths, the right principles, the right standards, convictions of the Word of God. In, in a sense, it's like this. is in, uh, With our children, wisdom that they right now, as far as I know, we may find out some tonight or some tomorrow, but right now it seems like their marriages are doing okay. Uh, I think, uh, was it Brooke they were saying this year is 15 years? That's scary. And, uh, but, but uh, so you say, well, they seem like they're doing okay in their marriage and they must have been taught about marriage. Well, the right foundation was laid in the choosing of the mate. You see, you've got to have the right plan for that. And you've got to have the right contractor to lead you there and the right supervisor directing you there. It's all about, you know, who you decide to marry. That makes a huge difference in where you're going to end up. Now, wisdom uh, just gets all the right materials together to build the right structure. Now, you've got to have wisdom or you don't have the right materials. 
But now I want you to look at the rest of the verse. This is what God showed me years later. As I started out just begging God for wisdom, and then suddenly he showed me that the verse doesn't end there. It says, by understanding, it is established. Now, builded is a foundational term. Established means this will make it last. This will make the marriage last. This will make the family last. This will make the home last. This will make the church last. It will stand. It will withstand whatever comes upon it. So what is this this incredible ingredient that's going to hold everything together? Well, wisdom brought all the right materials, but but this thing called understanding is kind of like the right glue and the right nails and the right screws and all the right things that are going to, that hold it together tightly, that say, we're, this is going to hold together for 40 years. This is going to hold together for 50 years. This is going to hold together for 100 years. It's understanding. So what is understanding? You see, wisdom gives, doesn't make the home last. It simply gives the opportunity and the ability for it to last. Just as being a Christian does not give you a good life, but rather the opportunity to have one. Being a Christian doesn't make you have a good marriage. It gives you the opportunity to have one. But the rest of the verse says through understanding, it is established. Understanding, by definition, is discretion, reason, skillfulness. Here's my, my simplistic definition of this when it comes to relationships, and that's what God's really talking about here. It's, it's communication with discretion. Communic- it's knowing how to communicate with each other. Is this, it's going to be a very simplistic marriage, uh, marriage <laughs> a message, but, uh, but it's, it's knowing how to communicate with each other. Every relationship will last if we communicate properly. Every marriage needs communication, not just conversation. You know what, most of us, most of us men, if we could just endure the conversation, we think we've, been, we've done good. And you say, what do you mean by that? That means you look at them with your eyes open like you're listening. You're not, but you look at them with your eyes open like you're listening. But, it, but wisdom is this foundational thing that God says, that, okay, let's get all the right principles, all the right things in place. I used to see these, these uh, college boys, some, sometimes they would come through. One of my son's-in-law was a little bit like this. It came out kind of with this checklist of all the things she needed to have, you know? And, and I would think, and I would sit them down and I'd say, well, that's wonderful that she has all these attributes and she's going to, and I'm saying, but you're not hiring a partner. You're marrying. I said, is there a spark there? I mean, is there, you know, something inside that's like, you know, burning inside Although when you see them? Not just do they fill out the application well. It's crazy. Every marriage needs communication, not just conversation. A very common statement in marriages, uh, especially from the woman, amen, is he just does not talk to me. Now, in reality, ladies, let me help you. You don't really mean that. You mean he doesn't listen to me. But uh, we can either live frustrated and complain about it, or we can learn the art of communication. And this is what I'm talking about tonight, and it'll it'll end up a little bit different than even you think, but... This is going to, men, 
she must believe she is priority during the conversation. There's got to be some true focus. And again, that goes against everything because a man's mind works in just the facts. Just give me the facts, and I'm talking to you because I'm thinking about what you're saying, and so that's conversation. I'm not actually moving my tongue. There's no sound coming out of my mouth, but we're having a conversation. Because as the woman is talking, a man's thinking this thing all through. But we've got to actually move the tongue and make some sound come out. If we're going to converse with God, we need to shut everything else down and listen. And this is where I kind of make a parallel between God and our relationship with God and our relationship, man with the wife, wife with the man. We must shut down everything because if I'm going to talk to God, I need to shut down everything and listen to, to God. I need to give God my full attention for he gives me his full attention. I take a walk alone with God. So maybe it would be wise that I would take walks alone with my wife. I spend time listening to God speak in his word. We must learn to to just listen as she speaks, as the, the representative, so to speak, of God in our home. We need to listen as she speaks, just like God listens to me as I speak to him. I need to take seriously what God says, even when I do not understand and seek to, Seek to understand, and I think that's what we need to do in our relationship. We need to seek to understand what each other's really saying rather than be ready to condemn what somebody's saying because we, what we think they're saying, we need to try to really truly understand what they're saying. I need to take seriously what she says and try to seek to understand. Uh, not just hurry and tell her to you know hurry up and get the statement out during the commercial, Amen. Finish what you got to say because the game's coming back on. Okay, nobody else watches any ball, okay? But ladies, if you want, this is something very simple, but ladies, if you want your husband to talk, the normal statement that you'll make when you want him to talk is, talk to me. How many of you ladies have ever made that statement to your husband? Talk to me. Come on now, ladies, raise your hand because otherwise you're lying. Okay, we'll say, talk to me. Let, me. let me help you, ladies. When you say to a man, talk to me, you just erased his brain. <laughs> if he's struggling to talk to you, when you say to him, talk to me, I'm, I'm telling you, you just, a big eraser. Because <laughs> he's like, I want to. And my wife will look at me sometimes and she'll say, nothing's coming, is it? I say, no. I can't think of anything. Hey, worse than that, listen to me, ladies. When you say, I just want to hear something romantic, you might as well just blown our brains out because you just erased everything in the hard drive. It's gone. Say something romantic. It might have been about to come out of my mouth that one time in 10 years. And you say, say something romantic, and I just go, and she looks and says, nothing, huh? You can't think of anything. And I go, no. Oh, no. It's not there. And it was almost there until you erased it. Learn the art of asking questions. Ladies, if you want your husband to talk to you, learn the art of asking questions. 
Not how was your day? How's he going to answer that? How was your day, honey? Fine. You need to ask questions that draw upon his interests and make him feel successful. Look, I don't know, you know, whatever he does, whatever, whatever, you can find something. I, I used to work discipline at the college, which had made me a lot of enemies. But, the, uh, but I worked discipline at the college, and, and, uh, and I, I almost, you know, here I am, an old detective used to working with people on the street and a police officer working on the street. And now I come here, and I'm working with college kids, and they can't figure out how I know they're lying. I look at him and I say, you know, you know, I can figure out guys are lying when they don't, they don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. You got the Holy Spirit whipping you to death, so you hesitate that millisecond before you lie. Did you know that? You know, did you do that? And you go, uh, no. Guess <laughs> what? <laughs> you just lied. And so, uh, so, but I'd come home from work. And my wife would say, man, I couldn't talk about names or anything like that. I couldn't say that to her. She'd say, how'd your day go? Well, fine. Then she learned to go past that and say, did you have to deal with anything today? Well, yeah, of course I did. Well, I mean, did you, did you catch somebody doing something today? And that's a terrible thing. You know, you don't really want to, but it's what your job is. And I'd say, well, yeah, you know, that, this kid was stealing. And, and so, well, how'd you figure it out? Well, I mean, you know, I just asked them a question too, and then, you know, they kind of cut their eyes to the left, and you know, I said, you know, you lied to me on that question, so why don't you back up and say that again? And, and or they're breathing, or, you know, I'd tell her, well, I saw this body language, or I saw this, or, or you know, I asked about three questions. They got confused on how to lie on that one, because when you, you know, when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. But when you lie, you got to remember. And so they would always forget. And so I'd hear it an hour later, I'm telling her all about all this stuff, because how smart I am. And of course, again, you know, because I, I could, I could, I could catch a Christian school kid in a lie. And so, uh, so the the fact is, though, you got to ask questions. How did you figure that out? How did you do that? How did you make that happen? You've got to make him feel like this is he's special. And now, when you ask him this question, look. I know you women. You don't care what we talk about. You just want him to talk to you. Hey, look, I got amens from some of the women now. <laughs> Hush, woman, don't talk in church. No. <laughs> learn the art of asking questions. Man, learn to, be, watch this now. Now I'm going to shoot the man now because this is me. I'm talking to me now, I, but I've mastered this. <laughs> don't look at me that way, Joe Beth. The, um, man, learn to become more creative in conversation. Okay? We are not creative thinkers. Most of us are not. Okay, most men are not creative thinkers. What that means is we are not really good in conversation because we're not really good in conversation. Oh, look, how do, how's the weather? Fine. Pretty day, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. We can ride for the next three hours. We can be on a trip together, and we just talked the, the length of our conversation. Well... Think everything's going all right at church? Yeah. Think so. Okay. We can go two more hours. I mean, I say a word to each other. And we're totally content. It's not like we're sitting back trying to think of something to say. I don't care. 
But when it's with a woman, we've got to do something to try to stimulate that creativity. Amen? We've got to try to think of something. And, and you know, there's all kinds of little outlines and things that you can use. And, and you say, what are they? I can't remember right now. And so, but, okay, here's what I'm talking about. And this is the bulk of the message will be done here in a few minutes. But we need to learn how to deal in conversation using understanding because understanding is the glue. Okay, this illustration, maybe this will help you. Fellas, have you ever come home from work tired? Any man ever show? Oh, thank you. Raise your hand, do something. You talk to me, man. Okay. You come home from work and you, it's been a bad day. It's been one of those rough days. It's been one of those, you know, meetings all day and, and you know, every negative thing that can go wrong has gone wrong. And you're coming to the door. And as you approach the door on this hard day, long day, your brain's weary, you come approach that door. And really what you're hoping is, is man, the moment you get there, the door's going to open up and she's going to have her apron on and she's going to have cookies making and she's, and she's going to give you a big hug with a smile and say, how was your day, honey? You look so tired. Come over here and sit down. Put your feet up. You know, and you're back. And she's going to go get you a glass of tea. Amen. Or beer. And um, no, no, a glass of tea. And so you're, and that's what you're really expecting. You're dreaming, but that's what you're really hoping for. And you're coming up, but you walk up to the door, and about the time you go to grab the door, it jerks open, and what you hear is, I've been so these girls are driving me crazy, and it's been such a terrible day. And can I tell you, you don't need this right now. Anybody understand? It's never happened to you, has it? Yeah, your ribs are sore right now, so... And so, here's the way you handle it in the early days of your marriage, which may be for the first 40 years. But, the, uh, but here you, you, you come in. And so, what you figure out from this garbled up, crying, anger, frustration, all these, you find out that the girls have given her a really bad day. So, you've been solving problems all day. We're going to solve this one. Get out of the way. I'm going to go kill every one of them. Because they just messed up my whole evening. And watch what's going to happen. Any man know what's going to happen? I don't know if you have one, but I have a foot stomper. That's this. Joe Beth's going to look at me and say, I don't want you to solve my problem. Okay, me being a calm, cool, collected kind of guy, I'm going to look at her and say, well, then don't tell me your blasted problem then. If you don't want me to solve it, don't tell me about it. And you know what? We're in an argument, and guess what? This place may have been built with some really good stuff because wisdom collected all the right things. But right now, understanding is not here. And you know what's about to happen? The house is coming apart. Shingles are coming off because the storm's tearing this place all to pieces. 
So, now, it takes a while to learn this, fellas. But after about 10 or 15 years of her telling you she doesn't want you to solve our problem, here's what you do, man. You figure this out because we're smart guys. We figure out she doesn't want me to solve her problem. Took me 15 years to do it, but I figured out she doesn't want me to solve her problem. Do you know what she wants? Come here, Joe Beth. You love this part. She doesn't want me to solve her problem. She wants this. You're incredible, baby. You're amazing. I don't know how you do it. I understand. Now you don't understand. But, <laughs> but you're just, she wants you. Now, here's the problem, though, folks. Stay right there. Stay right there. Here's the problem. We being men, we finally figured this out after about 15 years. And so this one time after we figured it out, we took care of it. Sorry, baby. And we walked away. And everything's okay. Until a week later. We come in tired. Come to the door looking for her in her apron, ready to cook us a good meal and give us tea. And we open the door and we get hit. With, <laughs> and you know what we do? Get out of the way or we'll kill every one of them. Because it just don't register in the brain. Somehow we, when the problem is presented, we got to solve it. And we still go through the same conflict over and over again, even though we figured it out one time. Are y'all okay with it? So I'm about to, in about five or six, thank you, babe. You can sit down now. I'm going to give you the solution that we found. The solution, very simply, was we've got to have a time of communication. This is kind of simple truth, but I'm telling you, this is maybe one of the most life-changing truths for, for us. You know, a lot of people, you know, and I've gone through a whole sermons on, you know, why I think, or people ask me what, why our girls turned out the way they did. The truth is, God's word gives us the answer. We tried to build right with wisdom. We tried to use the right plans. We tried to keep the, we tried to, in a very early age, present the contractor to them. We tried to teach them that, that they should every day have that supervisor, the Holy Spirit, should be there for them. But humanly, there must be this interaction, that understanding, that communication with discretion has to be there on a daily basis, or this whole thing's still going to crumble. We see it all the time. It crumbles all the time. That's why God says, through understanding, it is established. And I'll tell people, and I still tell people, and I still believe it, a large part of our girls turned out for God turned out that that really occurred at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Mm 
as Jobeth sat on a bed with six girls on the bed, on the floor, leaning against the wall because they were ready to talk. And even though she's going to have to be up at 5.30 in the morning or whatever time in the morning, she would sit on that bed and they would all talk. And I believe a huge part of the glue that held our, our girls together and hold them together today was that those long nights where the communication, the understanding came in. You see, it was those nights, I mean, I, I, I don't know, especially in those early years, how many times I would go back up there at 1 o'clock in the morning and, and all seven of them would be asleep, sprawled out everywhere. And I always wondered who was talking when they all went, the last one went to sleep. I mean, I just, I mean, really, you wonder. Because apparently somebody kind of went, I, I, uh. but it was those nights. It was the times where she would explain to me that this one or that one or Heather or Ashley or Brooke or, Candace or Amber or Tara, somebody needed daddy. And she would help me to understand I needed to take them shopping. I needed to go get a milkshake. I needed to take some time. And, and honestly, it's understanding, real, understanding you understand that it takes time. The older they get, the longer it takes for them to open up. And so we'd used all the right materials. We had the right plans. But it was really that day-by-day -day communication with discretion that made the difference. Now, wisdom is refusing to argue over unimportant things and realizing that most things are not nearly as important as a right relationship. Wisdom lays the right foundation, but understanding will make it last but wisdom, here's what wisdom does, and this is it, and I'll be done in three minutes. Wisdom sets a time to talk. Every married couple in here and every family in here, and as a church, I'm going to challenge you, come talk to me. Don't hold things in and don't wonder and don't question and don't... The one thing that I sort of miss is, is, quote, counseling. And counseling is nothing more than my door's open and let's talk. But I want to talk. Because it's through the talking, the understanding, the, the conversation, true conversation with understanding. That's where we, the glue becomes stronger. So every marriage ending, one of the things that we learned, I, I don't know, I think it was about 1990. We'd been married uh, 12 years then, and around 1990, I, I was finally, I was going seven days a week and going through, honestly, some health struggles back then. And my, the president of the college, I, I love him today for what he did, but he came and he said, 
uh, I don't want you to come in on Monday morning anymore. You go all weekend long with that Salem ministry. He said, I'm making the decision. You don't come in Monday mornings. And, and so I didn't have to be at work until noon every, every Monday. And, and that was an incredible thing. And in the, in the very first months of that, I would sleep till about 10, 30, 11 o'clock and then get up and go to work at noon. And, and, and as I kind of got started picking up on my rest and my health got a little bit better, we started, I started getting up a little bit earlier, and at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning, Joe Beth and I started having our Monday morning daytime, but it wasn't a time of a, a just, let's be, have a romantic date. What it was was a time where we said that we are going to talk through all the issues. I phrased it like this. Monday morning was when she could hit me with her best shot. And watch, folks, what I found out is this. If you... It, it, when, uh, ladies, just let me help you. If he's getting ready to walk out the door to go to work, that's not a good time for you to get into a deep conversation about the issues of life. Your frustrations, your aggravations, when he's trying to walk out the door to get to work, that's not a good time. And let me say it again. When he's getting ready to walk out the door, that's not a good time. And you'll say, I got to talk to you now. No, you don't. Because it's not a good time because this is not going to turn out good. When he walks in the door, I've already illustrated from a long, hard day when he comes in, that is not a good time to tell him all the issues that you got with him. That's just not a good time. When you're getting ready to go to bed, that's not a good time to talk about it. Okay? Because it's really hard to sleep when you're upset. And it's really hard to have a good conversation when you're already frustrated because you're tired and you want to go to sleep. So you don't do it in the morning. You don't do it when you come home from work. You don't do it when you go to bed. Guess what? There ain't never a time to talk. No, you got to find some time, watch this, when you are rested, when you're not rushing to go somewhere, when you're not pressured, when you're mentally prepared. Does it make sense to you? She can say something to me when I'm not mentally prepared and it'll end up being an argument. If I'm mentally prepared, there's no argument. Because I'm prepared to take the best shot. Tell me where I'm messing up. Tell me what I'm doing. Tell me how, you know, what I've said, what I've done. Go ahead and tell me. Now, it was at one of those times where we, in our discussion, I, she came and she said, when, when you know, I'm, I'm upset, I don't want you solving my problem. And I said, okay, then help me. And I'll be honest with you, I knew that I was going to fail at this next time. No matter what I said today, next time it happened, I'm tired, I come in from work, you got a crisis, you got a problem, you're upset, I'm going to just shove you out of the way and go kill everybody. And I know I'm going to do that, so you got to help me. And this is what we decided that she would say. When I come to the door, she's upset. She would say to me, I don't want you to solve my problem. I just need you. And you know that statement helped me to flip the switch? I just need you. Slapped me in the head and said, no matter how much you're a problem solver, this, you can't solve this problem this way. 
you got to do what she needs. It was in that time uh, where we had that time, that scheduled time, where we go sit down, have a cup of coffee at some little restaurant and say, unload. Unload on me. And just so you understand, this has became our philosophy, and there's a lot of different areas, and I could illustrate a lot of different areas I've already gone over, but what we believe this became was a time where we, by schedule, could set off the firecrackers. And by that, I mean the little firecracker issues. Did you know that you light those, and if you even held on to it a little in your hand, it'll explode and those little firecrackers, it'll sting, it'll burn, it'll hurt, but it's probably not going to blow your fingers off. But you let that build up, and now it's 10 firecrackers together. And now it's 20 or 30 or 40, and now it's at what we used to call an M80. I don't even know if they got them anymore. But you hold on to an M80, and guess what? You won't hold on to an M80 because you won't have a hand to hold on to it with. And what happens is, is that we don't deal with the little issues and they build up and they become very explosive big issues. And that's where you'll see a family that says, man, it seemed like everything was good, everything's wonderful, they seem to be doing great, everything's great, 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 great. They never even argue. They never even have a fight. Well, I'm wonderful if that's really true, but it could just be because we have subdued it and held it, and it's nothing more than a time bomb. It's just a matter of time before it explodes. So let's don't let it build up like that. Let's have a scheduled time where we can deal with the issues. And as we deal with the issues, we're ready mentally. We're okay. I'm rested. I'm not rushing to go to work. And now some of them, you even, even then, you've got to choke them down and swallow. But when you're not mentally prepared, you won't choke them down and swallow. But when you're mentally prepared, you can kind of choke them down. And then you can formulate how do we respond to each other. We even talked about it. And she's been so good. You know, talked about how do we respond to each other in certain situations, and she, she's got specific statements. She'll tell me today, she'll say, talk to my head. That's when she's questioned a decision I've made, and in the early days, I thought that questioning of the decision meant she didn't trust me, she didn't agree with me, she didn't like the answer that I gave, and she disagreed with it. That's not what it meant. What it meant was she saw totally different sets of facts than I saw because she's a woman and I'm a man. And I illustrate this all the time, but when you walk a, a group of men into a room like this and walk them out, they won't even be able to tell you what color the place was. I walked in three times today and I had to look at the wall at least three times before I realized he painted one of the walls. But a woman walks in and she sees everything, the decorations, everything. She's dealing with different information than you are. And when she would, could not see the reason or the answer that I was coming up with, 
in order to keep from being conflict and me being frustrated because I felt like she didn't agree with me, didn't trust me, she would say to me, Rob, I can't see it. Talk to my head. And I'd have to explain to her how I came to the conclusion. I hope, and this is not an evangelistic message by any means, but God's word has every answer. He has the answer to the family. He says, through wisdom is a house building. Let me just tell you, if you're going to build a house of a, of, of a Christian life, a Christian home, you've got to first have Christ. Remember the right contractor. You've got to have Jesus. And once you have Jesus and you say, I know I'm saved, I know I'm on my way to heaven, I've trusted Christ as my Savior, you've got to be submitted to the Holy Spirit so he can supervise your daily operation. It's just very important. But very simplistically, tonight, for families, for marriages, for church, talk. Plan times to talk. And can I help, just help you as a church? If you come to my office door and you see and my eyes are red and I look like I'm half dead, as I am tonight, this is not the best time to talk to me about crisis or about, you know, some issue that's going to be really, really touchy. I'm just like anybody else. Now, if it's something that can wait, then you come and you walk to the door or you call me and say, how you feeling? I say, I'm feeling great. That's a good time to talk to me. That didn't help anybody at all, did it? But it helps in a home. And I think the church is a whole lot like a home. We give better answers when we got clear heads. And we deal with situations better when we have right spirit. So I hope that helped a little bit. Father, I pray that you bless.